It's my honor and privilege. It's my honor and privilege to welcome you alive and well to Family Forum 2021, October 2nd. You're welcome. Thank you for joining. It's because of Jesus that you and I are standing. So we give glory to God. Okay, so today we're going to, um, our topic today is still contentment and self-control. We, we spent a, quite a bit of time uh, last month considering contentment in details. Today, by the mercy of God, we're going to explore uh, self-control. The same, the same spirit that helped us before is here also to help us. And um, so be, but before we go straight into uh, self-control, there are two key points of contentment that we want to touch. And then that will lead us into self-control. It's important because these two are actually, both of them are cheap off of the same block, right? So to, to deal completely with uh, contentment is very vital. So the thing that we, we want to like uh, remind ourselves that the basis of contentment is not our, our effort, right? It's not our, our struggle. It's basically based on faith. So we can exude that because of faith, because we believe on all Christ has done is for us because we believe in the abundance of his plan to provide for us. It's because we trust him. So that's the way these things can manifest in our life. But, but because by the arm of flesh, no, no, no man shall prevail. And so because we, did, we, we spent some time talking about that the other day, and we came to understand that even though God has all these provisions for us, we enter into them by faith. And then we also accept and believe all that he has done for us. For instance, we know that there's a, there's a God's economy, right? We want God to provide for us. We, we realize we are not really relying on our job. We're not striving for the next um, the, the next thing that we, we can rip up people off without considering without consideration. That's not what this new life is about. But we trust God's economy. In God's economy, right? In God's economy, there is, there is principles. And so today, can we consider briefly the principle of giving and how that applies in the family, right? Because the Bible clearly tells us, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. We also understand that in giving, we put priority also in giving into the household of faith, right? Because this is what the Bible tells us, we bring it so there is meat enough in my house. And, and, and then prove me if I will not provide for you. So what if we overlook these things and go ahead to deal with uh, contentment based on our striving and we overlook God's principle. It's important that we stop today and look at, look, this is how God wants us to be, to abound in his, in his kingdom, right? So can we bring it back into the house now? 
we're bringing it back into the house to understand that there is a principle of receiving abundantly and that principle is in giving. It's like opposite of the world. While the world wants to grab, grab, grab in the kingdom, it tells us give, right? And then also in the kingdom, it's like if you sow, then you reap. There's no reaping where you did not sow. So we need to take time to fully comprehend um, contentment. We have to fully enter into God's economy where we are giving into the household of God, where we are give, giving to people in need. Remember that passage where he said to us, will you see your brother in need and say to them, go and uh, let God be with you. So if he, uh, just one moment, if you can center me so that I, if you can have me in the center, thank you. Can everyone hear me? You hearing me? I can hear you. Okay, sir. I we don't know about others. I hear you. I hear you. Hear you clearly. Very well. Thank you. I just, I just for some reason. Okay. Thank you, everyone. So <laughs> there's there's importance of us first of all entering into God's economy, and so we want to apply it in the home now. How? And I have a question to bring this topic to open discussion. So we so we we we're learning about gift giving as a source of um, all of abundance as as Bible tells us to give. So my question now is is this is this uh, gift only necessarily package gifts gifts that we give uh, on birthdays or special events? Can we can we explore gifting as it applies into the family now? What are all the small ways that we can gift the people in our, in our family, in people in our life, in our relationships? Because now we're understanding how to abound, right? So giving, how do we do this? Are there ways that we can improve in giving? And what do we give? And I open it, I'll pause now for people to contribute. If anyone has anything to contribute regarding gift giving in the family. I have something to say. Go ahead. Oh, uh, Emeka, welcome. Everybody uh, welcome, Emeka. <laughs> thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. My little knowledge about giving is that we should give cheerfully. Amen. And God looks onto the heart of the giver. Uh -huh. Then I realize in life that when we give, we tend to get the gratitude or appreciation back. And that is very wrong. I believe we should give that God may be glorified in our life. And he is the rewarder of good giver. So and sometimes some of our folks who is in diaspora, like us, who are living outside Nigeria, get afraid of giving those who are back home. 
in the sense of the diabolical means of uh, issues or things that has happened in the past to people we know. But the truth is this. Remember, the Bible says that it's only by faith that one shall see God. And faith without works is dead. So, personally, if we were going to give by heart, and then we'll give it in for the sake of the name of God to be glorified, I don't think we should worry ourselves with any intent of using our good measure against us. So we find us giving only to the area where we are comfortable of giving. But when he was stressing, when the master was stressing so much about giving, he did not mention the rich. He said, give to those who are in need. He did not categorize who to give in particular. Give to those who are in need. Give, like there was a scenario whereby the, when the disciples asked him, Master, what, when did we do all these things? So when you see those people, yes. you didn't give to them. Those in shelter, you didn't give to them. Those that have, need food, you didn't give to them. When you, do, when you don't do that, you are doing that to me. But when you Amen. give them, you are giving them to me. Amen. So if we can understand, and that's what I understand, that when I'm doing something, honestly speaking, I'm not doing it to the physical man I'm seeing, but I'm doing it for the word of God that says I should give. And I listen to my heart. I listen to my inner self. I don't want to give grudgingly. I don't want to give reluctantly. I want to give cheerfully. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. That was a grand entrance. Thank you, Brother Mecca. That's wonderful. So, So you said a whole lot about this. Now, let's take this into the family. Giving, because you know, they say that charity begins at home. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do, how do, um, how can we, what do we let me ask this question what do we give to each other inside the family because we become whole inside and then we can we can influence and dominate the world right so right i want to hear other um other contributors in this subject giving to husband and wife between husband and wife is and then again, what? Remember, I'm saying this for a reason. What is it that we're giving? Can someone answer about what do we give and how do we give? Uh, sorry, I don't think it should be just husband and wife. No, I'm I just saying. No, I'm not saying husband and wife. I'm just preempting it. Yeah, so yeah. That, because we should in laws are there. There are in laws. Absolutely. There are cousins. There are two, our children. There are other people. Children. Everyone in the home. Uh-huh. Everyone in the home. Yeah. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Like, uh, but America, you know, he spoke very well. You know, I think giving should be a lifestyle of Christians because that's what God expects from us to give. He started giving. 
and then we're supposed to emulate him in giving. And then, like Pastor said, we are not limited our giving to the families. But when it comes to giving, giving does not only restrict us in monetary you know, aspects. We, we, you know, we also give uh, our time when it, when it comes to a husband and wife relationship. You, you, know, you give to your children. That time you spend with your children, that's a part of giving. Hallelujah. Allocating your time to spend your time, quality time with your wife, with your spouse. That's a part of giving. And then when we give, we're not giving to, like Emeka said, we're not giving to expect anything in return. Hallelujah. We are giving, you know, you know, because our giving is unto the Lord. We are giving to, you know, unto the Lord. So, and then he is one. The, the, the Bible said that when we give and then expect something in return from the person we gave, then we have gotten our reward. Huh. So, but when we give and then give unto God, God is the one that is going to reward us because our 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 hope of giving is you know giving unto the Lord. Giving Hallelujah. To the Lord. Praise also, the Lord. Hallelujah. I also want to read uh, in the chat. It says we can give our time, love, extend grace. Whoa. He says, extend grace to our yep. family members. Extend grace. To our, I love that. Absolutely. That's we true. Give, we give love. So every time we talk about giving, right? I wanted to bring this up that it's not only about um, gifts that wrapped up in mercy and, and at mercies and uh, delivered. It's uh, so many opportunities to give. And that's the main thing is that that's the way we receive. I, I just want us to connect it to contentment in this sense that we, you know, it's not just grabbing more and more. It's really understanding that we need to uh, we need to follow the principle that the bible has given us give and it shall be given to you good measure praise together running over so so if in the home someone is feeling neglected someone is feeling they are they, no one is is paying attention to them someone is needing attention so the bible is saying that when you give it shall be given to you good measure pressed together so focus is now not on receiving only but really sowing remember i also mentioned so because you cannot receive you receive where you have so if if, if someone does not plant corn how can they go there and harvest corn so just the principle of contentment is, is we need to tie it down in understanding of how we prosper how we access all of God's, all God has for us, according to God's own principles. And I want to hear, Otito, you can speak. Uh, good afternoon. Praise be to God. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. All right. So um, I hope I, my response is um, in line with what we're talking about. I wanted to give an example of giving that I experienced that really um, overwhelmed me. So when I was in college and I had Chima with me, um, I didn't have a car at the time. And I was a part of this uh, ministry called ACF. It's not the African Christian Fellowship. It's a different ACF. It's called Alliance, Alliance Christian Fellowship. It was at my school. 
And um, I remember it was so hard to get back and forth from class to daycare with him. And I remember we went on a youth retreat one day and uh, I, they, they, we, you know, it's how you go for testimony or whatever. So I, or, or just anything, you go up to talk about whatever is on your heart. So I remember going up and just speaking about my challenges and how it was so hard to go from class to daycare and things like that. And, but I trust God that he's going to provide and this and that. And all, and these are youth, youth, all youth, they all um, joined together and they said, um, Otito, we, we're going to come up with a plan on how to help you out with driving back and forth to daycare. Uh, we're picking up Chima. And everybody came together and they came up with a list. And it was like, Zach, you're going to pick up Chima this day. Bobby, you'll pick up Chima this day. Mary, you're going to pick up Chima this day. Uh, Sally, you're going to do this this day. And they literally created a week-by-week carpool for mm-hmm. me to be wow. able to go back and forth. And mind you, I went, to school, I went to school in Penn State. So I went to school at Pennsylvania four hours away from my family. Wow. No help, no nothing. And I had Shima with me by God's grace. So, because I was stubborn and I didn't want to keep him at home. I wanted him to be with me. <laughs> so, um, um, so I had, you know, I needed help and I didn't have a car at the time. So they literally, and you know, these, these are, they were all white, all white people, you know, and they, they, they literally, and I don't know, don't know if it matters if they're white or black, but it's just the love that I received from them was so overwhelming that they will literally pick him up, drop him off, pick him up week by week. There was a sign up. They asked me to, uh, you know, fill out my schedule and give me a sign. It's kind of like the rising generation of our church. So just imagine rising generation doing that for someone who's like a single mom. That is so powerful. It was was like a rising generation back (laughs) in Penn State, but they they weren't, you know, so it was the youth. They all came together and they did that for me. So that really really was my Thank you so much, Dito. That was powerful. This is a powerful example of giving when paying attention and noticing the need around us. At times we we don't pay attention. So it's important that we pay attention uh, to people in this, in this example, that's, that's powerful. And uh, that is also wrote here, giving your presence, voice, advice, giving your presence is everything. Again, it's almost opposite of what we can think of how to prosper, right? Giving your presence, if we are consumed by possessing and gathering and gathering some more as way of prosperity only, then we won't even understand the idea of being present in the home. So that's one of the, the greatest gifts that I dare to give is very subtle. And this one is just being there, just the gift of being there. And pay attention to these things that people are, are saying, giving advice here speaking and having conversation, pay attention to them because that will come in handy again. So also in giving, remember the Bible talks about giving it generously. So the measure with which you give, the measure is also you will receive. Um, and don't give to people as, you know, okay, so another way to think of it is say, okay, so the Bible says I give generously and I'll receive. So we give with one hand and the other hand, we are expecting. Don't give expecting to get back. And then next time you say, oh, the last bad day, they didn't give me, or oh, he, he never gives me present for my birthday. And so I'm going to stop giving. Okay, so it's not that way. In the kingdom, that's not how it works. 
You give generously, you don't expect because your expectation is on God who has promised and who is faithful, right? Because if we look at the members of our family, our in-laws, our children, uh, but that's a whole different topic as well. Well, if, we, if, if our expectation is on man, we understand that the arm of flesh fails, right? But who is, who is reliable? Who is dependable? So our expectation in following God's principle is to keep our eyes on him. So, so you know, as, as much as we're not spending a lot of time here, we want us to think about these things that, yes, our contentment comes to us and God supplies of all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus Christ. First, we enter into his principle of his economy by giving generously to the body of in the body of Christ, giving to the people in our life. Those are the help that we render when we see our, our family members struggling in one thing or the other. In the family, especially in a, a situation where there is you know, where we have uh, young children, it's invaluable when we notice when each, uh, when our uh, people are struggling in one thing or the other and coming there to assist. A good example um, was just given by Ojito. So praise the Lord. So um, we head to the next be- uh, very important thing in contentment, and that is, and, and, and that is gratitude. I think our, um, Pastor Emmanuel spent a long time talking about um, really being grateful and being content about the the very people in your life. No, just accepting them as a package, you know, accepting our children, accepting our family, our friends. So that is a level of contentment that we overlook as well. So for that, to pay attention and shine more light into that, we recognize that we need to be grateful for them. We recognize that we don't need to be demeaning to them. We we recognize that we accept them and don't look down on them, whoever they are. So because as, as God is building a family, he brings different values. Usually, you know, they say opposite at, attracts, right? In the beginning, those opposite attract each other because we, we um, idealize the, th- the values they have that are not in us. They may be spenders, they may be, they may be uh, outgoing and we're not. And those things, we like them. As, as God brings us together, these are all the qualities that he wants to use to build a, a stable home. And in, in the children, he gives them different things that they are doing better than, you know, others and things that, you know, at times they struggle in one thing or the other. But this very contentment also extends generously there, where the personalities that we have in our home, we grow in, in, in deep down acceptance of who God has gifted into our life. So in order to practice that a little today, we're going to, um, you know, practice being grateful, being grateful for them, first to God, but directly to that person. So uh, we're going to take a moment and, and, and consider that. Charity, can I say something? Yes, sir. 
I want to take us back to giving just for a few minutes, because there are some things I think uh, uh, I want to share my own personal. Yes, sir. Go ahead. There was a phone call I received one time. And you know, as a pastor, you deal with a lot of people who are hosting, who are, my hospital visitation is always to ICU. You know, and then you come out of there as a human being, your heart is broken. You are feeling for people and things. And in the midst of all of that, I got this phone call. And I don't forget that phone call. It was from Maureen. Maureen Azu. She called me and I answered. I thought it was another pastor come. He said, Pastor, I'm just calling to know how you are doing. Hmm. I, I, I hope you are, you are okay. Oh. I said, what did you say? Hmm. <laughs> he said, I'm just calling to check on you to know how you are doing. Hmm. That thing came like juice on me. Because oh, wow. it was so different from Abin. I've been yeah. into it. I mean, sometimes you go from here, from one hospital to this, to this, to this. You know, nobody knows the job of a pastor because mm-hmm. after Sunday, you go home. For instance, today, nobody knows where I've been. You know, so that phone call came as a comfort to me. That's why I still remember it. This happened, I don't know whether it's six years ago or seven. I've told her this several times. So those kind of moments when the spirit prompts you to mm. check on a family member might be a real good way to alleviate them of some wow. stress. That's number one. Number two is when I came to this country, we would go for pastor's meeting. They won't pray. You know, won't pray to start. They won't pray to say, they won't pray. So I, I would tell them, I say, what is all this? You know, we're not praying. We're not reading the Bible. And then they will say, okay, Chinedu said we should pray. They will always say that Chinedu said we should pray. Let us pray. So we'll pray. And then one day the Lord told me, he said, you are very carnal. He said, I've been waiting for you to grow up. I said, really? He said, you are correcting them in pride. And then he said to me, every day you come here, I want everybody to listen to this. I want to share this. He said, every day you come to this meeting, they ask you first, how is Dorothy? How is the church? How are the children? Children who are praying for you. Then the Lord asked me, say, have you ever prayed for them? I said, no. He said, you see this meeting you'll come to. He said, have you ever prayed for this meeting before you come? I said, no. He said, but do you know they all pray for this meeting before you come? And you have never prayed for this meeting. They pray for your wife. They pray for your children. They pray for you. They pray for your church. Have you ever prayed for them? I said, no. He said, but you carry this, your religious thing, and come here, and be condemning them. <laughs> <laughs> and they have prayed for this meeting before. He said, do you notice what they say? They say, Chinedu says we should pray. Let us pray. And they said to me, you are so kind. The way you even talk to them. You see, the fact that they are praying for me is a, is a type of giving. It's a type of giving. And then one day, something happened to me in that meeting. Something snapped my eyes. Something something left my eyes. My ears popped open. Brethren, for the first time in 10 years, I heard their voice. Wow. I started to cry. 
they got embarrassed. <laughs> they said, is it something we said? Is it something? I cried some more. They now came together. I started praying for me. I, I down broke down. <laughs> They say we love you, they do we love you? Oh, sorry if we said anything against your culture. I, say, I could, I was crying like a baby. Brendan, he said, he said, when oh, this this gift, this gift of praying for somebody, and then and then and then being an example, it's it's such a priceless thing. It has no price to it. Do you know that from that day, for the next two weeks, every time I talk about that, I will cry for a long time. The thing cured me about judging, cured me about, even the way I talk, I now realize that my language was so different from their own. So I started apologizing to them and everybody was crying party. Why do I cry? I just wanted to share this because you see- Thank you. What the Holy Spirit can give you, can use you to give to somebody yes. may not be tangible. It may not be tangible, but it can be that you are the one enduring, you are the one loving, you are the one giving your life, you know, for, so that there'll be peace, laying mm -hmm. down your life. That is a kind of giving, which they did. When I was condemning them and being harsh on them, they never frowned for one day. They never frowned. But the Lord now used their lives to show me what I didn't have. I think that's a wonderful giving. Charlie, sorry, that's why I brought it back. That is so powerful, Pastor. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Pastor, <laughs> thank you so much, sir. That is thank you. That's that no is, forgiving. That's it. That's an amazing contribution. That oh. is awesome, sir. Thank you. Thank you, I was Pastor. Smiling, why? Because I've uh, I I heard that. I've heard that story and it's so it blesses me every time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And um, now I, I, we're doing an assignment. We want I'm gonna give a moment to everybody to either grab their phone or have a piece of paper and pen. And we will have uh, three minutes. So it's a quick, it's a very quick exercise. You're going we're going to practice this uh, contentment in this in this sense. The one that Pastor described, but just be valuing people in our lives that God has given us. That's the biggest amount of contentment. Remember, remember, godliness with contentment is great gain. So um, we're going to grab a phone or a paper and we'll count down for three minutes. See if, if you can help us with the countdown now. You're going to write the name of members of your family and write one thing. If you have your phone, you can text it to them now. One sentence. What is it that you value about them? And I'm doing my own exercise. So I'm doing my exercise. You can you do your exercise while I do mine. Three minutes only.
Praise the Lord. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so it's possible that you didn't complete it. I have one, one left to go. So complete it after the meeting. And it's also possible that there are, there are situations that are a little queasy. There may be situations where you don't feel like it's appropriate now for you to do it. Um, you may have a legitimate reason why you don't see. And I want us to speak to that now. If, you, if someone has a legitimate reason, if someone has a legitimate reason why they don't feel like they should value a particular person, um, can we help that person now? How do, how do we respond to that? To that? Example, um, someone has offended me, someone in my life that, and I don't value them. Is it possible to find one thing? Is it is one thing, even if they are just because they are in your life, because they were giving birth in your family and it was a gift of God. The person is a gift. You can go there. You can, you can go there and acknowledge God's gift in that person and understand God's grace that's abundant and, and, up, and the grace really that's available to every child of God. So can anyone speak to us that when one is feeling offended and does not want to... Um, um, show any gratitude at this very time. Is that okay to be that to be there? I'll pause for contribution. Anyone? Can you repeat the question? You're feeling you're feeling like a family member offended you and you cannot articulate any any positive um, word of gratitude right now? How does that, um, is there any help available for that person that you have to share? Sister uh, Dorothy, I think uh, this guy, the other guy, uh, N-J-E-T-T-A. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, uh, he raised up his hand. Oh, okay, go ahead, Brameka. Uh, who's raising hand? Brameka, it's me. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I in the in that capacity, you know, in that issue of someone hurting us and uh, what we should do based on this topic of giving, it all boils down to what our master and our savior and our redeemer say, you know. And before I could go further. Do, ooh, there is something I noticed of recent from my pastor here. When we say our Lord's Prayer, we kind of put ourselves into debt when we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That, those words are mighty and, and deep. So, but the truth is in our human nature, for those who don't understand evil, I will explain this. Onya na apa nade. What I mean is, 
when somebody gets wounded, the flesh can heal and you see a mark. The same way, when Christ rose, the mark of the nail was still on his hand. But he has even forgiven them before Thomas even saw the mark. So, what do we do as followers of Christ, which we call Christians? It is very hard if we are going to be sincere. Though I'm talking as a growing Christian, I know there are some pastors here who are matured Christians, but whoever that has passed the stage which I am will know this. It is very, very hard. The devil will not like you to do that because that's one of the acts he taught us when he came. And it is all written in the word. So we have to. It's like a commandment, a precept, a concept. Mm -hmm. It's something we have to, regardless of the fact that it is, we, we're going to see ourselves being reluctant. Okay. Okay. There are some of our relatives which we happen to get bad um, vibes of their parents towards our grandparents. And we still carry it along and pass it on to the generation. That is one of the practices of, I think, uh, the, uh, I've forgotten the English word, <laughs> having something in heart, bearing grudges, I've forgotten what. We, we, we should try as much as possible. Bitterness, to, not to be bitter. Uh, yeah, there's a very, very big word. I like using a very, very big word. Because <laughs> like of, around your big word. I, I went to grammar school. So for whatever, when we, when we harbor bitterness, okay. when we harbor malice, okay. when we harbor the past in our life, first and foremost, we are not following the word. Secondly, it affects our physical life amen, and our amen. spiritual life. Amen, amen. So my... Little yes. contribution should be this. Strive with all thy might. Remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Don't, as far as you believe, you're not perfect. It, remember, you said something about opposite force attract. I will put it in this way. Action and reaction are equal and opposite. Whenever someone has offended you, try and find out where you had Gone wrong. And use it as a measure to say, anyway, let's let's forget this. I'll forgive him. Yes, I had TD, uh, TD, Pastor TD Jake said one day, a relationship you do not gain anything, walk away. He never said condemn the person. So you can forgive the person, but don't give the person room to offend you more. But don't hate him. Pray for him. That's what the master said. Okay. Pray for your enemies. Amen. Pray for those you think that are your enemies. That don't the hate Lord. them. Yeah. Praise Hallelujah. God. Thank you so much, Emeka. You said a whole lot also. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much for all that you shared. Emeka, so, yes. I made you a pastor. 
Um, so self-control, we're going to Proverbs 25, 28, and it says, a man without self-control is like a city without a wall. That's our memory verse. All right, let me read it out so we don't have to go look for it. Proverbs 25, 28, a man without self-control is like a city without walls. Imagine that city. Imagine a, a place without wall. What happens to that city without wall? Everything filters into it. Um, any, any other city can come in and conquer it. They will, if it's in the village, they will start planting at the planting different things at the at that uh, border borderline and in, encroaching into that city. So so obviously self-control is a must-have in, in to run a family life. So let's consider self-control. What is self-control to you? One word. And I, I knew I need everybody to speak now. What is one word? You can type it in there too. You can type it in the chat. One word that you think about when, you, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you think about self-control? Anyone? Release to God. Otito said, releasing it to God. Amen. Amen. What else? Basically, I want to hear everyone. What's your thought? One word thought on self-control. Patience. Awesome. Anything else? You can speak out too. Love. Awesome. Powerful. Can what I just else? explain? Can I explain why I picked love? Is yes. That okay? I'll yes. Just, I'll be brief. I'm sorry, Auntie. No, 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 no. Thank you for that. Go ahead. No problem. The reason I picked love as self-control is because the, the love of God controls us. I've learned that so much from my, my beloved pastor. The love of God controls us. If we are able, if we have the love of God in us, then we should have abundant self-control. So that's why I picked, I, I, I chose love. Hallelujah. Praise God. I also want to read, oh, another word for, for self-control is understanding. Awesome. And then uh, I make, I saw that uh, I have a contributor to the question asked. I understand that the person being helped appears not to appreciate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yieldedness, powerful. You deadness, powerful. That's powerful. So I, I hear everybody. Everybody is correct. As we go along, you can still type humility. Your, humility. Yeah, being humble. Oh my goodness, that is everything. Self control. So everything we said is self control. That's a fruit. So again, just like, just like we we just get finished talking about contentment. It's, it's wisdom, someone said. Self-control is wisdom, operating in wisdom. Accepting another's opinion, even when you don't agree. Amen, amen. 
Denying self. What is it? Denying self. Wow, powerful. Powerful. Wow. Self-control is everything that is being said. So, and then Second uh, Timothy 1.7, we want to think about where, how do we even get this? Where do we get all these things? Can we, as people walking around, wield it? Can we have a sustainable self-control with our own strength? I want, to, I want to volunteer the answer and say that no. You can will it, you can, you can choose it, you can, you can resolve every single day, you will practice it, but you need, you need to, it's a fruit, basically. And you need, to, we need to be anchored, all right? We need to be, attach ourselves as a branch of the tree that bears self-control in the family. So we will also spend time to talk about how this is manifested in the family. Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that God gave us the spirit not to fear, right? But of power, of love, and self-control. So the spirit God gave us, God gives us the spirit of self-control. And, and then when I saw fear there and I said, wait, wait a minute, every negative emotion Everything that's contrary to self-control is born out of fear. If you think about it, you will agree with me that fear is the reason people do all kinds of things. They lash out, the anger, the hatred, the think about any, any uh, a fruit of the flesh. It's all based on fear. In the family, it will manifest like, oh, fear of not having enough or fear of not being abandoned or fear of not being respected or fear of just the future, what the future holds. It's all kinds of fear, doing havoc. And the Bible clearly tells us that fear has torment. So we know that fear is not of God, but what did God give us? He gave us the fear of, the, the, he gave us the spirit of power. Power to dominate, power to overcome, power to dominate, power to love. Thank you for wisdom, the, all the answers that are coming up. Thank you because God has given us the power. So we first of all realizing that the power is on is for us, is on our side. I've got the power. I've got the power to please God. I've got the power to love. God gave it to me. So you start acknowledging, I start acknowledging all the things that God has already done in my life, right? And that's the spirit of power, the spirit to love, and the spirit of self-control. And then we realize it, that if we go to Galatians, and we will see the fruit of the spirit, all right? So we, again, this fruit of the spirit, as we learn them, we need to actually this is one of the things I feel that we need, all of us need to um, make. Galatians 5.19. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to meditate on the fruit of the spirit and so that it will have chance to bear fruit in us. So it's, it's self-control. It's, it's the spirit of God in us that bears that fruit. So as flesh, as we, if we rely on our flesh, we will not be able to exercise 
self-control. Praise the Lord. So here's my... Um, so let's take one, one at a time. Let's take this one at a time. Now we, we want to read a, a Proverbs 16.32 and it says, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Is better than the mighty and he who rules the spirit than he who takes a city. First of all, it tells us that, a, a, uh, that one without self-control is like the city without that is without like offense, right? And then it tells us that he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and is he who rules, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. In other words, see the, see the how the Bible presents it. We are self, without self-control, we open ourselves to all kinds of evil. You can imagine a home that has, that doesn't exist, that there's no self-control uh, in there is anything can come out of it. Like all kinds of uh, uh, situations, people can get injured, there'll be all kinds of abuse, emotional. So self-control is, is a gifting of the Holy Spirit, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and God uses it to build up our home and keep it safe. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pause for people to contribute regarding self-control in the home. And another person said, accepting another's opinion when they don't agree with it. Hallelujah. All right. That's a big one. Wisdom, praise the Lord. Okay, so does anyone have anything to contribute towards self-control in the home? Now, another thing I want us to look at is First Corinthians 9.25 says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are, but we, and imperishable. Obviously, just like contentment, there is so much benefit, imperishable benefit of exercising self-control in the home. So most of the time when um, those aspects of fear rise up, like for instance, when we're feeling insulted and the anger begins to well up in our home, how do we deal with exercise and self-control in those situations. Those are the things that I want us to look at. An example that Alice just gave us, we can speak to that now. The question that Alice asked, we can speak to, the, to that when being offended in the home and it's like a level of frustration where self-control is needed, how do we go about that? Remember, we say it's not by flesh, by the arm of flesh, no man shall succeed, shall prevail. Any contributions? So we rely on the spirit of God 
We rely on everything Christ has done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think, uh, you know, it, it will be wonderful as we keep on uh, growing in the Lord, you know, Amen. in fellowshipping with the word of God. You find out that like the word of God said, you, know, you, you get to the point where you become unoffendable. The reason is because, you know, the spirit of God takes over completely. That's a, that's a, a kind of a surrender, a surrendered life. And, you know, you've come to understand that getting offended, allowing yourself to get offended is detriment to your own health even. You suffer it too. So you don't allow yourself to get offended because you have come to understand that people act based on their different levels of growth and then on their different levels of understanding and people have their different uh, perspectives on things. I believe that the, as people get to know and understand better, they will naturally act better. When somebody is doing something, you see that person, as, as far as that area is concerned, that person is still ignorant in that area. So you give them room to grow. It, can, it might take a while. Some people don't get to understand as quickly as that. And uh, you, that person may not have had as much as you have had or may not have been exposed to the, as much as you've been exposed to. So you give them room and you don't allow that to become an offense to you because it will aggravate your health. It will grieve you. Anything that brings grief bring, affects your health. So, you know, I, you know this, uh, the, the word disease, it comes from a disease and it's because of what you're hearing or maybe what you're observing in the life of the other person. Stop focusing on that area where the person is not measuring up. There will always be some other areas where that person is good. Focus on those areas and those areas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, everyone. Yes, focus on the good in that person. And that's a direct answer also to the question that was asked earlier. When it seems as if someone is not contributing in the family, in the family, or always receiving, thank you, Pastor. The answer is show them grace. Continue to bear with them. When you have opportunity, discuss it with love, and then focus on anything that you see that they are doing well. And then how about in is anybody else has any contribution? It says something, Charlie. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I think we should be careful what we listen to. Sometimes casual discussions will really affect you. And then be careful who you are sharing your challenges with. You know, in my life. For a long time, I was an enigma. <laughs> I was so much talked against. I was so much, I was nothing. I mean, <laughs> people talked about me from town to town, to a town everywhere. And they were so angry with me because they felt being a pharmacist, I was wasting my life. 
They said I was carrying Bible. You know, all manner of prophets went to my father to tell my father that it's because of this, that this was happening. They were all, I knew they were Christian. <laughs> they were giving this man heartache. They knew nothing about my life. They didn't know what was happening at all. But they were going and poisoning this master with tossing the Lord. You know, we saw a vision. All of them false. None of them from God. You know, so if we're not, uh, if we're not careful, the devil will take that advantage and poison our hearts against somebody. We need to guard our hearts seriously. And then, you know, you, you also need to be speaking blessings over any situation. Because words carry power. Mm. You know, you, you, you speak. And if you go to many families, you will see. The, the things you see in one family, you can see easily in so many families. You know, so you need to start speaking, speaking, speaking. The, is it not my son, Ugo, that they told us that we should take him out of school? He has no learning ability, he has no this, he has no that. But today, Ugo is a mathematics major in college. How do you transit from <laughs> no time ability to being a mass major in a university? Yes. It's because the mother went and wrote all over the scriptures. The boy came to me and said, Daddy, if there is God, why am I like this? I told him, I said, what you are hearing is the false report of Satan. This is what God said about you. You know, the enemy can try to challenge our faith in our homes through the people we love. This, this thing called challenge is not because you, you, you don't have water to boil make garlic. Challenge is something that really gets to the heart of to the heart of the matter, that really touches your heart. That really, really touches your heart. Thank you, challenge you. So in such situations, let us remember that the words we speak is very important. Let us remember that if the enemy said there is a casting down, you should say no, there is a lifting up. If the enemy said you know there is no strength, you should say no. Let this let the weak say I'm, I'm strong. You say no, there is strength here. The, the, the hope of glory is here. There is glory here. This will change. You know, when, when my wife married me, even my even my own father didn't vote for me. He said, you know, he'll talk about me and they will pray for me. But my wife kept saying, he will change. He will change. God will change him. God will mm -hmm. change him. Am I not the one today preaching to people about family? Mm -hmm. So with the, word, with the words we speak, we, we, don't, we don't let the presence confuse us about the faithfulness of God. Don't let what is happening now conclude for you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, so whatever it is, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. He will, he will overcome for those who trust him continuously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I want to contribute. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Any other contributions? I want to read what's in the chat. It says, alternatively, as Sister Charity says, about the fruit of the spirit, we can go the other way by walking against the fruit of the flesh. 
making sure we are not guilty of it, locking it being part of us, and then we realize the fruit of spirit builds us up as the spirit directs. Self-control, being offended at home. First pray and ask God to speak to you on the issue and on the language you will understand and then accept there is a place where you're, you've contributed to the wrong in the issue. Even if other party doesn't agree to be wrong and then work on our stubborn heart wow, to, to forgive the other party. That is all practical uh, solutions. Understanding that this is a gift of God. Amen. Pasuche, did you say something? I, I was, I didn't say something, but I wanted to say something. I can see you were just looking at, you were watching me. No, no. I, <laughs> I, wanted, to, I wanted to say yes, in addition to Thank, thank you, Pastor Dorothy. Thank you, Pastor Emmanuel, and everyone that has spoken into this. It's an area that we really, really need to work on, self-control. It is indeed very necessary in our, you know, relationship with God, you know, not giving away to the devil. Because at that point, before you lose that control, you will actually know the Spirit of God will keep ministering to you. You know, if it is, you know, like talking, you're going to say something. You know when that pressure comes. You know yourself. You know when you feel like you've got into the limit and you want to say something. But the thing is that we will not even listen to the Holy Spirit when he's trying to caution us, you know, so, so that our reliability on that pressure will not be zero. So, but one thing that keeps me going, thank God for what I'm Pastor Dorothy said, and Pastor Emmanuel, Pastor Dorothy was saying that you look at that person. Just don't look at the area where you know that they are still struggling with. And that's why you keep seeing what you're seeing in them. Look at the other areas where they are good, you know, and then just concentrate on those areas. Amen. I learned that one now. But what has kept me going is that I, I kept thinking, repeating to myself, that if God is going to train me on this, area of um, self-control, it has to be through somebody. Somebody has to be the one that is stepping on you all over you all the time. Mm -hmm. I just realized that God is trying to make me a better person. That is what self-control is all about. And so when I realized that somebody is getting on my nerves, I'm getting angry, I'm losing it. I remember that God is trying to train me. He's taming me in this area of self-control. And once I realize it, just like, you know, I, I just draw back, you know, ah, God is not done with me. Even when you think that you're all the way up there, when it comes to that self-control, someday you'll find out that you're not even, <laughs> no, it, it has not happened yet. And so you thank God that God has brought this person across your way to ruffle your feathers, that God will now teach you self-control. Because if your feathers are not ruffled, if everything is just goody-goody, you, you can be reliable. But it's when there's pressure, then that reliability comes to zero because you cannot control yourself. And yet this is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I take it as if God, is, and that is what it is. God has to train me and he has to use people around me to do it in the church, at work, in your home. God has to use somebody to train me. That's how I see it. 
Hallelujah. Again, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The big self-control. And then the Bible says, against such things, there is no law. So obviously, um, if the Bible says there's no law against self-control, then we better get our practice in on self-control. Does anyone have anything else? Let me also, in addition to what Pastor Uche was just sharing now, you see, you know, that's, you know the, the, those are elements of the fruit of the spirit. You know, that's a, those are the fruit, what is a, a presence in us, mm -hmm. you know, produces through us, through our own spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, it's, you find out that in that, there is also long suffering. So this God is an awesome daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, because he knows that sometimes when our patience is wearing out, he added to us long suffering. And how long is that long? We don't know. But how rooted you are in the world will determine how long you'll be able to last. Whether you're going to wait miserably or you're going to wait joyfully and happily knowing that God is using you to walk out something good through the life of the other person. Remembering the fact that he said we should overcome evil with good. And he said that whatever it is, even if you look at that other person as an enemy, he said we should continue to love like what Tito said, because by loving that person, because God is love, you're manifesting God's nature. And you're helping that person to see God's love, God's nature. And that God's nature is what that is seen in you, is what will help the other person to come out of that snare of the devil. Amen, you know, come out and then also become his better self or her better self. Amen. Mm -hmm. important that we know that we also have long suffering. And God knows that we need that too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, any other? So if you have something to say, you can just let us know. Meanwhile, we want to look at, everyone can turn to this one. I'll read it as well. James 1.19 says, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Let everyone be quick to hear, spoke slow to speak and slow to get angry. Now, here's the question. How should this scripture help us in our journey to self-control? Let's say there's, a vex there's something that's making you annoyed and angry. What are the elements that we see in this scripture that will help us in our journey to self-control? I'm just a facilitator. I'm a listener like you. So well, we, should, we should be you know, slow to speak. And the reason is because we have a guide in us. We have the Holy Spirit who is our helper, our standby, our guide mm -hmm. in any situation. So that we'll be able to pause and take time to listen in, to know how he will have us respond in any issue, in any situation. So that our responses 
will be godly, will be something that will bring praise and glory to his name. Because remember he told us that we should do in our words, in our actions, that we should do everything as unto God. We should do everything to the glory of God. So if it's as unto God, you want whatever will come out of your mouth to be something that is a, a, a wonderful speech seasoned with salt that will minister grace. Minister grace or merited undeserved favor. Min, not minister judgment, but minister grace. So that's why you take time to pause. So that's a wonderful scripture. Be sweet to hear. Listen, give attention because you, don't, you want that person to know that you value the person. You, you want to hear what the, that the person is worth something and you want to hear what the person has to say. But then at the same time, you take time to respond. Even if you don't have an answer right away, say, hmm, wow, that's a wonderful thing. Now, please you know, just give me time to process this so that you don't go ahead and rush into it and say what will not glorify God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Any other contributions on this scripture? Question is, how should this scripture help us in our journey? Sorry, Sister Charity, I'm sorry. I wanted to just... Uh, Go ahead, ma. Okay. Um, you know, I'm thinking that uh, in self-control, as we are talking about, uh, we know that we should be um, quick to hear but slow to speak. But where I want to uh, lay emphasis is on making allowance for each other, mm. that there's bound to be, you know, different, dif a difference in opinions, you know, because when there are, when there's a, when there's a different, a difference in opinion, you know, then people should learn not to use it as a situation to antagonize write people off or condemn people because you know when there are more than one person you can have difference in opinions but it doesn't mean that there should not be love you know if hmm. we christian yeah. Yeah. if we christians should just uh, uh, you know stick to what the word of god says that you know you make allowance to carry each other along when you differ in opinions don't write anybody off. Just know, have that love of God for that person, you know, so that so that there'll be harmony. Because where it becomes bad is when people, when people, you know, have a difference in opinion. Then somebody, you know, shrugs off and you know feels offended, and then that's that's a bad thing. There's no forgiveness in the spirit to know that this is your brother or your sister or your husband or your child. And you're, you're bearing animosity, you're bearing grudge and you're boiling. It doesn't, it doesn't make good for a Christian. That's what I want to just chip in. Thank you very much. Thank you for that contribution. Uh, that's powerful, allowing um, difference in opinion and, and ex still exercising respect and love for one another and bearing with one another, even when you don't agree. That's powerful. Any other contribution? 
So slow to speak, slow to, uh, no, quick to hear. And then pastor, thank you so much for the way you explained it because when you're quick to hear, if we hear well, many of the things that cause us to feel angry probably will be eliminated. But majority of the problem is caused by not really hearing and hearing well. And when we talk about that, then we will consider the, what are the signs that show someone that you, you're hearing them. Imagine at times people don't feel like many majority of the problem is that, well, you're not even listening. <laughs> that will eliminate that 100%. You're not even listening. And there they feel insulted. They feel like let down based on sim simple fact that they don't listen. All right. So Bible clearly tells us, listen. And when we listen, we listen actively. We listen because that, that expresses respect. We listen by looking at the person actively by maybe nudging, just showing with your body language that you're interested because we've got to respect one another. We respect, we show respect and respect is across the board for the adults, for the young, for the children, for parents, for everybody, every human being know, you know, can, um, can uh, will be able to tell when, when they are being respected. And majority of the time, that is the problem. When you're feeling insulted and the communication has even ended, just simply, the way that they perceive that being heard or being listened. So if, and then uh, we've, we've learned in different ways how to really, we can actually practice this, take it one at a time, hearing. So if anything, one thing you're going to take today, if you're going to take one thing, take hearing and being able to show in my communication, I hear you. You can even use that word, I hear you you said, and then you rephrase what they said. You said that you're concerned that we, the food is not ready on time. I heard you, you said that you would like for this to happen and for that to happen. And half of the thing problem is solved. And then to be, uh, to be slow to speak is important because then Remember, first of all, before we even get to the speaking, consider the heart, the things that we think about. And that's what our pastor has been telling us, like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we check things in our heart, think about the things we're thinking about. Sometimes we think thoughts of resentment. So we check that thought of resentment in our heart. We speak, so for once we check that, Think about it. Think about, is this the thought that will build anybody up? Is this going to build my child up? Is it going to build my wife? Is it going to build this co-worker, this thing that I'm thinking? Is it true? Is it of good report? Is it you think about what the word of God tells us to think about? And, and with, that thing, with that thought, half the problem is gone. And then when we speak, we speak out of a heart that has been checked. And again, we're not doing this by our own strength because we will not 
we will not succeed. We can do it maybe a few days and then we'll default. But on the power that God himself provides, the power of the Holy Spirit, because this is a fruit that come, that the Holy Spirit bears in our life. So we rely completely on what Christ has done. And he works out his righteousness in us. So remember this, James 1.19, slow to speak, quick to hear, first of all, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And then here comes this question. The anger of man, because the next verse says, the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Now, how do we use that passage to discipline? We're dealing with a family of young children needing discipline. And then you say the same thing over and over. No one is paying, at or paying attention to them. You're getting, we're getting angry at this point. Then the Bible tells us the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Can someone contribute to us that? How, how do we use this scripture in, in, in uh, parenting and in dealing with young children? Uh, Charity, can I step back one more time? Yes, sir. Please, my apologies. I'm very sorry. I don't want to mess up your program. Forgive me. <laughs> That's one. There's something Emeka said. Very, very important. That thing Emeka said is not always emphasized. Emeka said, you could be wrong. <laughs> we always start with the assumption the other person is wrong. We always, it's an easy place to start because that exonerates me and then puts all the blame on the other person. And now I'm being a Christian, you know, I have to love him, <laughs> you know, I have to, you know, love him. I could be wrong. I could be the one causing the trouble. You know, if Emeka said that, that my, I've been thinking about that and it's true. We, we shouldn't start off from, he, uh, you know, the other person is wrong and I'm right. The Bible says in honor, preferring one another. If, if we can humble ourselves and say, you know what, I could be wrong here. Amen, amen. You know, it could be what I said. It could be my attitude, which I'm not even acknowledging. Like you rightly said, somebody is talking to you. You are snobbing them. And you know you don't see yourself in the mirror. But the other person is noticing snobbery. I was reacting to it. But you won't acknowledge that I'm the one causing this trouble. I think if we, if we always start by looking at ourselves first and saying to the Lord, is there anything I'm doing that is contributing to, to this? Like he told me, he said, you are kind of, you know, I thought I was the right person. They were all wrong. Until he opened my eyes because pride has blinded me. Pride will blind you. You never, you will see that you are, you are wrong. You always think this other person, I hold that and thou. So if we can humble ourselves and start from the point of, Lord, is there anything I'm doing here that is really causing this trouble or contributing to it that I need to change, I need to repent of, I need to apologize about? I think that would be a very good starting point to, to, to start. Instead of always looking at the other person, you know, look at what he's doing to me, 
Yeah, what is doing to me? It takes two to tango sometimes. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, again, I, please forgive me, Charity. I, absolutely I, I, what we needed, Pastor, at this point, true. Absolutely true. Considering what I had done to contribute, I read that. That's powerful. Thank you. Also, I saw, I saw, I saw that comment. Also, that is the word I was looking for when I was speaking. Resentment, <laughs> architect of uh, crisis in a relationship. And the other one says, "Slow to get angry." That is based on absorption. Getting angry based on okay. Getting angry based on assumption without hearing from the other party. Wow. Wow, powerful. So slow to get angry. That's a good illustration of it. When someone is quick to get angry without even hearing the other party. And remember, we need to be quick to hear first and slow to get angry. So, and anything else anyone has to share in these scriptures? Praise the Lord. Church, you know, in a, in, that's a, lay, in a layman's language, you know, what we've been talking about, slow, you know, slow to get angry, yes. quick to talk. Okay, I know I'm, I went back a little bit here. You know, we're taught, even in secular world, if we will just take time to be more interested, strive more, to understand mm. Mm. what your neighbor, your colleague, your spouse, your friend, whoever is saying, mm -hmm. try to understand them more than striving to be understood. Mm. You know, when they tell us that thing, you know, educators, they will understand what I'm saying. But when I saw the Bible, I said, oh my God, all this, this God already prepared everything for us to have a happy relationship because much of God's Christ teaching is just a relationship. But it's just that we don't listen. If we can strive to understand the other person rather than trying to be understood. You want to make your point. You want to make your point. You want them to hear you instead of you to try to understand them. And if you do listen and understand them, there might not be need for you to say what you want to say or need to get angry because now you have heard them. You understood them. Mm -hmm. Yes. If we can strive to understand more than striving to be understood. That will bless our relationship too. Wow, okay. Strive to understand. Wow, be the one. Be the one to strive to understand. And not to be understood. That's another way of giving. Wow, Pastor, thank you. That's another way of giving. Be the one that's striving to understand the other party. Hey, okay. And, uh-huh. I want to add to that you see you know when you understand that this is my brother this is my sister this is part of me because we are one body and christ is the head and all god is doing on us is loving on us wanting the best for us wanting us to see things from his own point of view then you see yourself as god's person that is strategically planted to help that person to see things from God's point of view. Amen. I have that I keep saying Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. You are my brother, you are my sister. So you are easy to love. 
So based on that love of God, I like Potito said, the love of Christ compels us. Amen. You don't want to. You don't want to be angry. You want to listen. You want to see how the best can come out of it, so that at the end, God is glorified and the devil is shut off. Praise, Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And what everyone is saying, I want to uh, see Proverbs twelve sixteen says. Vexation, vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores insult. So there's something to be said about ignoring, ignoring insult, and that's considered in the word of God as prudent, as wise. So that's this another way of, of what has been said. Praise the Lord. All right, making progress. So the, um, uh, the question that was asked, if anyone has something to say, says, let ev uh, everyone be quick to hear, slow to, um, no, sorry, that's not the one. For the anger of man, that's James 1.20, says, for the anger of man does not walk the righteousness of God. Remember, okay, in, in raising children, we are, teaching them and right, you know, basically not just children, anyone were in relation, you know, in our relationships, if what we're looking for is the right thing, you know, usually but say, but that's not the right thing. That's wrong, that's wrong. And sometimes it makes us angry, right? And we act in anger. Now the scripture is saying that the righteousness, the anger of man, that very anger does not work the righteousness. So. The anger that's being expressed, that's this that oftentimes can destroy someone's life, destroy the family, destroy the relationship. That very anger does not work the righteousness of God. So how do we go about in these situations that induce anger? Again, is the example that, uh, that Sister Alice gave, those are situations and we deal with these situations every day, we deal with them at work, we deal with them in the home, situations that induce anger. And now the Bible is telling us, well, the righteousness of God, the anger of man, that, that very anger which our flesh goes to, doesn't work the righteousness of God. So how, how should that help us when we correct other people? Praise the Lord. I would want everyone to feel free to talk, like to hear from everyone, not just a few people. Uh, okay, so I want to hear from someone who has not spoken before. Hi, hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, Go ahead. good. Um, so what I was gonna actually say to that is the fact that, you know, like you said, um, there is a place in the scripture that says, uh, be angry, but do not sin. So the issue is that, you know, sometimes we get angry and it actually leads to sin. You know, we need to like um, have this understanding, especially, you know, when the Holy Spirit is trying to convince us that, you know what, you've gone over the board. We need to learn how to apologize. And you know, when you mm -hmm. talk about the children, 
there is nothing, you know, God forgive me, you know, even for our parents on this line, like the African parents, I'm a parent as well. But, you know, we have this tradition that you don't apologize to your children. Whereas everything we are doing with them, the way we live, we are actually putting a landmark in their lives. You are telling them about the future. So, you know, we need to come to that understanding, especially with the children, you know, we should not get to that point of anger with them, but it might happen. Mm. You know, we need to learn how to go back to them and apologize to the children. It's not a big thing, but people think it's a big thing. But what we don't know is that, you know, when we don't apologize to them, especially when you know you are wrong, you know, it's just like admitting to God, you know, we, we are children in the hand of God as well. And we know how to say sorry to God. The same way, you know, when it comes to the children, we need to kind of have that in our spirits. And even with other people, maybe, you know, like I said, what the Bible says is you can get angry at times, but do not sin. But even is with, with other fallings that walk or something like that, even if you get angry to that point of sinning, you going back to make the reconciliation is the most important thing. Because wow. really at that point, you can bring people back to God. You can bring your children, you know, your children will be surprised. Why is mommy apologizing, you know, and they are learning from us, you know. So I think, you know, it's just for us to know that when we get angry, really it does not produce the righteousness of God. But we should remember the path of we should not sin with it as well, because there might be time that we will get angry. But what are we doing with the hunger that, you know, what are we doing at that time? Wow. With a lot of us. Wow. Let's clap for this one, Christiana. Powerful. Thank you. That's powerful. See, that's what I was saying. There's, there's so many things that in, in the, that God has given us to build up each other. So that's that's a powerful one. You know, it. it I like when you said it might happen. That if either we cannot be holier than the Bible. Bible says, "Be angry, but don't sin." Right. And he says that, you know, now the anger of God, uh, uh, anger of man does not work the righteousness of man, uh, righteousness of God. So you nailed it, my dear sister. Okay. Angry, but exercise self-control. Um, again, back to the question that was asked, even if those situations are anger inducing, you know, the self-control comes handy. And going back to apologize, you know, as the Spirit of God started to walk in me and change me, one thing that I noticed, though, is that everywhere I go, I'm apologizing. Like, and I walk, I will apologize and apologize. And then, and then, you know, one person made a comment one time. I said, yeah, but you do it again. <laughs> okay, but I'm sorry that I did it again. Because sometimes, you know, we want to fix the whole world and then we feel justified anger. Well, it's not justified, you know? So you start, one sign that you get when you start paying attention to these matters is that he will fill you with, you know, you will learn first of all, how to go ahead and, and say, I'm sorry. And another question that we had earlier was, well, how do we teach young children to learn this thing? How do we, is this something we can teach? Yes, yeah, that's right there. You, we demonstrate it, we demonstrate because they see us and they become what they see. So if, if we apologize to them when we miss it, then we, you know, that's automatically their way of learning to apologize. And I see it 
Uh, is it Auntie Ewe or, or, or Uncle Ewe? You can speak now because we're rounding up. It's me, praise the Lord. You know, I want to add a little bit to what uh, this our sister Christi Christiana was talking about. You know, um, that they, they, the anger of man does not make the righteousness of God. It's true. And we are, you know, like um, uh, Galatians 6.1 tells us that, uh, you know, if it says, brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves so you may not be tempted and fall into sin because... Mm -hmm. You know, we will see somebody and we say, oh, that person has done something wrong. And then the way we are reacting to it, we fall into even a worse sin than that person. So that's why, you know, we have to watch ourselves and rely on the Holy Spirit guidance. Because if the Spirit doesn't keep you in check, actually, <laughs> you will continue to sin because that's the only thing that can hold you together so that you do not sin which is what a lot of Christians are doing. We are doing it and we don't know. You know, you're thinking that somebody is not doing all right. And then you, you the way you're taking it and talking about it, then you are committing worse sin than that person that you think is not up there. Yeah. You know, I keep saying nobody should look down on anybody because nobody has made it yet. Okay, that's what I wanted to bring out here, that we oh. should yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ma. I'm going to read this scripture as we conclude. Romans 12, 14. In TPT, I'm reading it in TPT. Pay attention, everyone. It says, speak blessing, not cursing, over those who reject you and persecute you. 15 says, celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who weep, who grieve, no matter, even if they have offended you, okay? And then six says, live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your, your own worth. Don't live with lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify, identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. 17, never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. And I want to give one example. As we hear the word of God, I'm telling you, the word of God changes us. It's the only thing that changes us. As we hear the word of God, we should take time, meditate on it, allow it to change us. It's, you know, we gather, we discuss, but please let this word change us. Because the benefit is in doing everything that has been said. We practice. Let's practice the fruit of the spirit. We can take one at a time, focus on them, and let it change our hearts. So I I struggled at one time at one job that I had that 
with a particular personality in, at that place. And it's almost like, you know, I don't want to spend time there. There was just a, a struggle in that relationship that didn't do well, no matter what. Like, I, I know, in my own eyes, I feel like I come in every time trying to make it better, but it doesn't, it didn't work. As, as the word of God continued to take hold in my mind, the spirit of God gave me an idea one day. He says, when you go to work next day, call her, is a her. So I just call her and ask her a question and ask her a question. So, and then the question popped into my heart also. And then so I, I, I obeyed it. The next time I saw her at work, I called her, I said, follow me now. <laughs> so, you know, like it was, ex you know, I said it in a way that is, I see, you know, it was exciting. So come with me. And so she called me, we went to a, pl a place that's quiet. And I said, tell me what you would like me to change. <laughs> so when, when I said that, you know what, the next thing that came there into her heart, I saw this big laugh, giggling, <laughs> giggling out loud. Like something that cannot happen, like normally is I am greeting this, it was a situation where I'm greeting this person and they go the other way just don't know what to do. I tried all kinds of things. So when I when I obeyed the spirit of God, she started to laugh and laugh after laughing for it took a while. We, she finally calmed down and she said, um, it's not that, it's just this and it's just that. And I kept listening and I said, no, tell me, tell me exactly. Because the things that she was saying, I just, I was hearing it, but I didn't see the big thing that made, would make someone act that way and then she, things like oh when you make the assignment the other day this happened and then okay so so just got opened the room right there and we were able to communicate and we got past that and now i can like my love i can show her love really because you could even have a situation where you're not even able to show love to someone because they are not receiving it so it's always focusing on relying completely on the spirit of God, focusing on yourself, wanting to know what the spirit of God will have you do. But the key thing that will keep us ahead, moving forward in all these directions is hearing God and choosing to obey him, having him direct our next step. So as we go home um, before our next meeting, the practice here is to consider everything that we heard, the contributions that are given. Make a note to yourself what you you will submit to the Spirit of uh, you know how to submit to the Spirit of God, and I know He is willing to lead us individually. Okay, it doesn't matter how bad that situation looks; it's in our own eyes that it looks uh, helpless. It looks as if nothing can be done. It's beyond help. Like in that co-worker, I saw a helpless situation and that went on, you know, despite all I was striving to do. You know, cease from that strife. Stop striving. Thanks to Pastor Chine, you taught us very well not to strive, but rely fully on what Jesus Christ has done. And he brings these breakthroughs for us, no matter what level no matter how bad things have gotten. Praise the Lord.
So we have come to the end. Thank you all for your contributions. I want us to pray. Pray for yourself before our, our pastor will take on from there. Please pray for yourself. Now, I don't know what you've heard individually. Look into your own heart now, in your own family, in your own relationships, in all the little, little things surrounding those difficult. Mention them. Bring it to mind. Mention them to God. Ask God, what will you have me do next? Pray for yourself. He's here to guide us by his spirit. He leads us into all the truth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Take one more minute. <clears throat> Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor, can you pray for the family? Uh, Pastor Chooks. Has he yeah, left? Pastor. Yeah, you have, we, we have not heard your voice. It's time to hear you pray. No, you heard my voice. As no, pray. <laughs> pray, please. We didn't hear your voice. Go ahead and pray, pray and close. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, before we pray, uh, I want to thank everyone that uh, you know, tuned in today. It's so awesome hearing your voices. And then for those of you, I don't know, those of you that, uh, if today is your first day of joining us, we want to see your hands up so we can welcome you. I don't know, yeah, but Emeka, thank you for coming. Thank you, my sister. What's your name? Christiana. Christiana, because I know your iPhone. Thank you, for, thank you for coming. You know, this is family phone. We do meet every first Saturday of the month. And then as you guys who are here today, next month we'd like to see you again. And thank you for all your contributions. We'll give, you all the, we'll give God all the praise. Okay, let's we have, we have more new people. I see, I saw more new people today. Please, can you show so we can welcome you and sing for you? <clears throat> Any more? Uh, it's a church. You can see. I see a hand up there. Yeah, we, we did. We did. You are welcome in the. Oh, in sister. The oh, my auntie. Esther Onoha is here. Yay. Like, oh, and then you know, Christina, Christina. Oh, hello. Hi, Christina. Where's Christina? Hello. Does anybody want to say something? <laughs> Does anybody want to say something? Oh, I also was able to join partly. Okay. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Wow, wonderful. Let me find Christina. I'm grateful to be here. Amen. Welcome, I'm from Chacha now. I can't find her. I'm here, Emma. No, I'm trying to look for Christina because she's called, she's from Jamaica. Oh my goodness, Christina. See her hand up. Welcome. Okay. Oh my God. Christina, we're welcome. Yes, the glory of the Lord. Yes, 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 my in-law is there. My wife. You're welcome, Amaka. Oh, thank Amaka. you. <laughs> I joined a little bit. I'm coming from work. So. Oh, thank you, Amaka, for coming. Amaka, welcome. Amaka, you're welcome. Thank you. Amaka, you're welcome. Okay, please don't forget to give your offering. You can, you can. Give through the envelope. A church. I can give a church. Yeah. I can give online. So whichever way is easier for you, you can do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let us pray. Kalin, welcome. Oh, Kalin. Oh my God. Welcome, Kalin. <laughs> So I welcome Emeka. Thank you so much oh, for your contribution. Oh, and then Christina and Esther, you are welcome. I look forward to seeing your faces again next week. I mean, next month. Have a blessed Oh, by the way, next one, next month, you don't want to miss. Uh, it's sexual intimacy. I'm just giving you a sneak peek, sneak preview. You won't miss it. Don't miss it. You want to talk a little bit about it? No, no, we don't. Okay, let us pray. I want us to look. I'm going to read the Philippians 2 3 and let us pray with that because it goes in line with what we discussed about self control. It says, Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble. Thinking of others as brother and yourselves. So I want us to pray that God, in his infinite mercy, will help us not to be selfish in our dealings, in our homes, in our relationship. That we should not be selfish. God help us. And not to do things to impress others. We talked about giving. Do you give to impress others? 
or do you give to glorify God? To understand the principles of giving, that in our giving, Father will be to glorify you and not to impress others. Pray that God will help you to be humble. Thinking of others as well than you. In Jesus' name we pray. Our precious Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you have taught us today through various contributions. Father, we pray that we will all implement, Father, what we had today. May we not just be hearers only, but doers of your word. Thank you, Almighty God, because you have made it available to everyone. Self-control through your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that you have given to us. Because of the importance of it. So none of us has excuse not to apply self-control when it comes to things that we cannot handle. Help us to exhibit self-control in our dealings with people, in our dealings with our spouses, in our dealings with our children. Our precious Father, we thank you, Lord, for everything for that you have made available for us today. Thank you for your children, for those that tuned in all the way from Jamaica, from various parts of the United States. Father, our prayers that everything Father they have today, Father, they will apply them and to benefit them. Father, we'll commit our families. We'll remember every family, Father, that has problems right now. Problems that they cannot handle. But Father, with you, all things are possible. We pray, Lord, Father, that you bring solution. Solution to every problem, Father, that they have. Help us, mighty God, in this ministry. 
to be able for to to help us after <coughs> I will commit this ministry into your hands lord that in everything father we do father we bring glory to you We commit the rest of our activities into your hands, even as we gather tomorrow for the service. Father, we all go with the expectation and nobody will come to you and leave the same because you always like to bless us. Thank you for all the verses we are going to use tomorrow for our Sunday school rally. For your daughter, you are going to use for her to preach. For I will pray that you give her the word. And even as she stands on that pulpit, Father, you speak through her that every word that will come out of, out of her mouth will be your word. We we'll commit all the verses you are going to use tomorrow, starting from the opening prayers. to the entire service, that everything will be done by the ocean of their Holy Spirit, by the ocean of their Holy Spirit, that people will go home not the same way they came in. Thank you for the miracles that will happen Thank you for the lives that will be saved. Thank you for the lives that will be touched. Father, we we'll give you praise. And we say, let your name be glorified. And to you be all the glory. As we go to sleep tonight, Father, our sleep will be, our sleep will be sweet. Amen, amen. We'll wake up more refreshed for tomorrow's activities. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.